Welcome to This Is His Story podcast. Ministries and God's stories you need to know. Hello and welcome to episode 10, Nonprofit Digital Strategies. You know, if you know me or have hired me in the past, you know that I normally teach principles more than tactics. I'd rather teach somebody how to fish than tell them about past fish that have been caught and how you might could catch one too, right? I just don't feel, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are teaching tactics. And that is one of the problems is that organizations grab tactics thinking that they'll work and they just don't understand that they may not be ready for that tactic yet. And there's other dominoes that need to fall before they do it. And so I like to teach the principles and the order of things so that you don't waste time working on something that probably is five steps down the road for your organization. I feel like that's where, frankly, a lot of people fail. And that's why I like coaching. I look at see where people are and then say, here's, here's your next five priorities. Don't worry about this other thing. But today, I'm going to give you some tactics. I work with enough organizations, see enough things that maybe you can... Um, Grab a pen and paper, and maybe it's a little bit of a strategy tactic blend that will have some value for for you as you listen today. So let's start with the first one, donation and payments. You know, it was not too long ago, people would just, especially the small organizations, the best they could put together is maybe donate through PayPal. And then, you know, as things got a little cheaper and easier to integrate, you know, a lot of organizations have a back end and they have a way for people to not only donate, but maybe even become monthly donors. But then we get happy with that and we move on as an organization and do not stay attuned to the technology and user trends that are occurring. And right now we have a giant one, and that is people have income and resources that aren't on their credit card. So we expect people to come to our website and donate and use their credit card, but they literally are are living in a world where their assets are in different places. So if you don't have an easy way to show someone how to give their stocks, PayPal, Venmo, cryptocurrency, that's the one I want to underline, then you need to go back to your website and make some adjustments. I would especially say in today's world, cryptocurrency is of utmost importance. Every nonprofit website needs a way for someone to donate and transfer cryptocurrency. I would also say your organization, probably through your board of directors, needs to create your policy for cryptocurrency. A lot of the organizations I work with have just put it in there, a clause that says we are not going to play the stock market. And so when we get a gift, if it's in the stock market, we have X amount of days to sell it. We're not going to read the newspaper and guess which way it's trending. And we'll, they're going to do the same with cryptocurrency. Now your organization can wing it, but I would just say, do what you say, say what you do. Like know what you're going to do and don't guess every time you get a stock or a cryptocurrency that you're going to, oh, let me transfer it from this one to this one. Or are you going to cash out and what day, how many days do you have to cash out if that's your policy? So you need to think that through. But I would definitely make sure your website lets people easily know how to transfer. And there, but just by the way, if you've not done any research on that, 
there are actually organizations out there. I think it's, I even mentioned them in my master class. Um, it's failing me on the top of my head of organizations that sort of make it easy for people to donate through that organization. And then you create your account and then it automatically puts it in that account. You have to do a little bit of work, but here's what I'm here to tell you. It isn't going anywhere. Even if you're listening to this and you don't own any cryptocurrency, you don't own it, you don't believe in it, you think it's foolish, okay, still, go go collect cryptocurrency on your website because there are people who differ with your opinion and they actually will give you cryptocurrency. And I would even say cryptocurrency and stock experience especially in this economy we're in, they're doing so well. It's like when you go to, when you go to the casinos and you, you know, they give you the chips, you know, chips aren't real money. If you play with real money, you would behave totally different, but because they let you play with chips, you spend more and you walking out and you only have a couple chips in your pocket. You're like, I'm not going to the window standing in that line. So I'm just gonna go ahead and play them because they mean nothing to you. Well, that's, that's true in a crazy stock market, and it's also true with cryptocurrency. Some people put in very little, and it's worth a lot, and just giving it away, it's, it's easy for them. And so there's a lot of donations going on around with cryptocurrency, even as we speak. So get in line, be ready. You never know who in your donor database may have some crypto they want or need to get rid of. So allow that. Which that plays into my second point today, user experience. I'm going to talk about two major things, but first let's do the simple one, mobile. Many of us sort of brag of, oh, our website, it's you know responsive. That means your homepage looks one way on a desktop and it looks another way on mobile. And you know, oh, we're mobile friendly. We've already, we're already there. But I'm talking about in the weeds of that. Is your mobile site, you know, did you buy a template that your navigation is crunched up into that little sandwich bar with three lines and your user has to click it to get around your website. Well, if your donate button is hidden up there on a mobile, you've made it extra hard for people to find the ways to give to you. So yes, you may be mobile friendly, but the term isn't applying to the user experience mobile friendly. So sometimes you may need to put a secondary navigation that always leaves the give button up. Maybe not on the homepage, but on the other pages or maybe on the homepage. So think through as the user of mobile, can they find ways to give, not just in a navigation, and then that checkout process of your giving platform. Some people have a very clunky giving platform, and it gets even clunkier when you put it on mobile. So yeah, you may be mobile friendly, but maybe not user friendly on mobile. Semantics, right? Okay, second. All right, I got to tell a little story here. So finally this week, for me and your technology, I guess I'm way behind. I decided to go buy the virtual reality headset, the Oculus, the one that Facebook makes, or I guess Meta makes now. And I just thought, okay, it's time. I need to learn more about this virtual world. I need to experience it. I need to play in it. Well, got to be honest, it did exactly what I thought it would do. It blew my mind of the future of how we are going to experience life. So I'm sure there are some of you listening today who literally could school me on the thoughts about this and the possibilities. But for those of you who've never bought one, never experienced it, let me just throw 
some realities to you and get you to think like I'm thinking now. So putting on this headset and being in this virtual world, yes, there are games and that's where the majority of it, of it is right now. But in that virtual world, the possibilities literally feel endless. You can go to concerts in there. You can watch TV in there. There's special events. Imagine for you sports fans, never having to go to an NBA stadium again, but putting on a virtual reality headset and you're at the 50-yard line, 10 rows up, and you hear everything You turn to your right, there's a person. You turn to your left, there's a person. You turn around, you watch the whole game like you were right there. Not on a TV screen in your living room, on a virtual reality headset. And the NFL can put a camera in that seat or in the end zone. Or, you know the little camera that hangs over the field? What if they decide to let you watch the game from the offensive side? or from the defense's side, or from the referee's hat. There are endless possibilities of how you can experience the world live. And the NBA or NFL would only have to sell one ticket that 10,000 people would pay to sit in. So it's highly advantage for them, for people who would love to watch the Dallas Cowboys from Mexico, from China. And they literally not only get to watch it on TV, they get to experience it. The sounds, the sights from different angles. That's one, just one possibility. Going to concerts and you're not watching it on a TV screen. You're putting a virtual reality headset on and you're in the concert. You're at the concert. My my mind is blown of how there's going to be different virtual reality worlds that you travel in between. And people are already buying land in this world and putting up stores in this world. And even though you may think you're not going to ever do this, you probably will. Just like people thought, I don't want a TV in my living room, but you got one, or I don't know what the internet is. I will tell you this. Here's what I do know. There is no way we fully know where this is headed. Just like the internet, there's no way in 1996 when I got into it, I had a clue about virtual reality. I would have never guessed it, but here we are. And so my point is, is that what is this going to look like 5, 10, 15 years down the road? There's a difference between the virtual reality headset and like augmentation. Like you remember those Google glasses that was just sort of the, the entry level point. There's a chance we're actually going to blend virtual with reality. Meaning, what if your glasses when you're walking could put information up on the screen differently than what maybe the Google glasses did? And it changes the way we view the world and information and holograms and what if you put it put on your glasses and you're in a meeting at your office? Well, I was thinking about this. Imagine this with the virtual reality. If any of you go to conferences, you know, think about what COVID did and how many conferences just shut down. Imagine little, this sounds so sci-fi. Imagine little robots in your conference with a computer screen on the top and a camera on the top. And you're in your house right now with goggles on and you are literally living through that robot. So you're walking the halls at the conference. You're, you're like, oh, I want to look down the expo at, at the conference. And you turn to the right, it looks to the right. You turn to the left, it looks to the left. 
you go sit down and watch the classroom in that, you know, they're having a little breakout session and you go listen to it. Or what if they have five robots walking around and you can say, oh, I want to be that robot right now. Oh, I want to be that robot right now. And you want to hear this and see the sights and hear, and you could be in a literal conversation. You could walk down the hall and see your friend and stop. He sees your face, your avatar, you see his, and you can have a conversation with him like you're there, but you're not there. And imagine years down the road where he has his goggles on and you have yours and it's like you're both there talking to one another, but you're not there. You're in your living room. Like the technology, it's here it, and it's on the edge of the technology. So I'm actually, I'm investing in a lot of work companies that it's not so much I'm investing in crypto, even though I am, but I'm investing in the companies that are making this technology happen because it's going this way. I'm telling you, it's going this way. So why would a digital fundraiser have these conversations with you? Because your donors are going to be on these platforms and they are going to have money on these platforms. You're going to pay with crypto technology for things. You're going to gather money, wealth. You're going to spend there. And if we don't understand the world, we are going to be disconnected. And early adopters are going to do well. I don't know if your organization feeds the homeless in West LA, I'm not sure we're virtual and you are going to blend. But I would say some of you listening, you not only can do ministry and advertising there, but you certainly can benefit from your donors being in this world and collecting money and resources and being willing to give it to you. So once again, not only do you need to start with your cryptocurrency collecting, you need to think through what this new augmented virtual reality world and your organization, where they may intersect and where they intersect with your donors. It's a thing. It's worth your time. So if you don't do anything else, go spend $300. It's $299 for the Facebook Oculus headset virtual reality you know, goggles and handsets. It's easy to set up. Put your world, put it in there. Watch a couple of YouTube videos. I did that. I just had a night of, you know, learning what EFTs and cryptocurrency and augmented reality, virtual reality, and just trying to understand the world. But it's coming. It's not just for gamers. It's for us. It's for businesses. It's for people. It's for organizations. And get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. That's my giant suggestion to you today. Okay. Back to personal experience. You know, we talked about the user experience with your organization and I sort of got off on the tangent of virtual, but personal experience when people or when your donors give to you, it's one thing to say, thank you. It's another one to show them that they're more than just a gift or a number. Like even the idea of when you communicate with them, whether it's the landing page after a donation or your next email, but sentences like, Thank you for being a partner to our ministry for eight years. Thank you for for joining us with your first gift last October. Thank you for your recent gift of $100. It shows that you're watching. It also lets them know, wow, there's accountability here. Like, I'm not just a number and this is not just a normal email. 
they know and value my gift, my partnership with, with them. And then it puts a little bit of a, huh, they're watching. And if they're watching, I'm going to show them that I still care that if they're paying attention, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to, I'm going to read their emails. So that little bit of extra technology of collecting and displaying their information back to them, it's really doable. It's not that hard, but if you can pull that off, take the time to do it. It is worth it. Fourth, easy to find information on your website. Here's what I'm going to say, not knowing your, if you paid me to come into your organization, one of the things I'm going to do is challenge you in this area. And that is if people ask you the same questions over and over before they give you a gift or when they want to learn about you, make that information easy to find. So if people ask what percentage of the gift goes to the orphans in Nairobi, well, why would you make them dig for that? If they want to know, make it obvious. One of the things I get really frustrated by is Amazon. So Amazon has a promise that if you're a prime member and you pick anything two day shipping and it doesn't get there in two days, then you get one month credit on your prime membership. Well, over the course of a year, I promise you all my shipments don't make it in two days, especially when I lived out in the country, North of Dallas, everything was three days, no matter what they promised, it was three days. Well, they used to make that link really easy to find on their website for you to make the claim. It is so buried now between search engines and looking and the mobile phone experience. It is a pain. And of course they hit it. I know they hit it. They don't want people. I mean, they, they have the technology right now to literally credit you without you calling in. They know you're, it was late. They know when it was delivered. All they'd have to do is say, any product that was not delivered in two days, we're going to credit those people. Of course, they're not going to do that. They make you call. And in this case, they make you look. I used to have it bookmarked, the link, and then they changed the bookmark, the, the URL. Now it's broken. So I have to go look. And I've honestly not even done it in so long because it makes my blood boil, just to be quite honest. Every time I go looking for that link, for that form to tell them this order was delayed by one day, I'd like to claim this promise. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that don't do that to your donors. Don't do it to your web visitors. If people need to know something or want to know something, make it obvious for them. If there's questions they have about your organization, they shouldn't have to contact you to ask you those questions. Or to find out that information, put it out there front and center. You will make them happy. And then, of course, if there's a hurdle to giving and you explain your way around the hurdle, make sure your give button and your give opportunity is right there. Don't make them scroll up, find the donation button in the navigation, litter your website with donation opportunities all along the way. So that when someone finally crosses their last giving hurdle, that the opportunity to give is right in front of them. Okay. And then last, it's a good segue, testing. Be a donor. Sometimes we set things up and we move on. And it's, it's like if you own a car dealership, right? You set up all the processes. You, you hire your salesmen. You think you've got it right. 
you're making your sales, but what if you put on a mask and a fake mustache and came in and tried to buy a car? You would find new frustration points along the way because you're looking at it different. And I would say, give, give from a mobile site, become a monthly giver, do things to put yourself in your donor's shoes, the experience. What emails did you get right afterwards? Was that landing page any good? Maybe it was good in 2017. And maybe it has some clunky wording on it that your organization doesn't even use anymore. Like go and audit yourself. And I would even say, go and audit yourself yearly at least yearly, at the very least. One of the things that I used to do with one of the organizations I worked with is once a year, and it may have even been in six months, but I'll just say it was a year, we would pull out all the emails. Like I want to, I would make my, my guys print out the, the monthly newsletters, our appeals. I want to see what newsletters went out in the mail. And we laid it all out on this giant table we had and we said, oh, look at the cadence. Look at the color schemes. Look at how we titled that subject line. Like, let's pretend we're a user. This is what hit us. This is the order of that it hit us. This is who we say we are. This is who our donors know us to be. Are we happy with this? Do we like what we sent out? Do we like this wording still on this email that goes out whenever somebody signs up on our website? Do, is, is that us anymore? It was a few years ago. Is it us now? So that audit is very, very good to sit down and pretend you're someone interacting with your organization. I, I think it's super valuable. Okay, that's good enough for today. I, there's, this is why I get frustrated with tactics. because it, it frustrates me that organizations that need something different are going to hear something and say, oh, let's go do that. Well, yeah, but what about this other thing? Isn't that more important right now? Hopefully these are high-level tactics that you can you know, put in your mind. Maybe you'll do some of them. Maybe it'll cause you to research and think. I will say if you're listening to this and you are one of the organizations that just aren't sure what the next steps are for you, I am going to tell you that you are a prime candidate for my masterclass. I literally lay it out in order what small to mid-sized organizations need to do to grow, to grow online, to collect more new names and to get more donations. There is a order of priority to pull that off that I tell every client that I work with. And so if that interests you and you go to my website, creativedigitalguide.com, you will find what you need to learn more about that. So Blessings. Have a great day. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow on TikTok or Instagram for daily stories Christians need to know. Wanting to increase the reach of your ministry or your church's ability to make disciples? Come to my website for free resources and webinars built exclusively for Christian nonprofits and churches. CreativeDigitalGuide.com helps executive directors and pastors learn how to gain ministry partners to do God-sized missions.